Well, hey, everybody, welcome to New Hope Underground. I am your host for this episode, Lead Pastor Tyler Sturkey. And uh, this is a, probably a slightly different episode than we normally do, kind of a supplemental one. I had talked about this, having this episode maybe a month or so ago. Uh, if you've been attending New Hope services for a while, you probably heard maybe about a month or so ago, uh, I had given a financial update uh, to the church, just kind of where we're at. Uh, with this year, just with some of the economy stuff going on. And one of the things I had talked about whenever, you know, just letting the church know what was going on financial wise, that we were going to do like a financial update podcast, um, just to disseminate that information kind of at a, at a more wider swath. So people at all of our campuses and stuff can receive that. And so making good on my promise. So that's why I'm doing it. And, uh, the cool thing is I had, uh, wanted to have a special guest on uh, who is more knowledgeable in financial things, uh, actually deals with a lot of it behind the scenes. Uh, it's not Hers is not a role that often is up on stage, and so I'm excited for her to be able to share her heart and kind of where we're at financially. And so uh, my special guest today who will be joining me with this kind of financial update is uh, Misty Kaiser, our operations director. So we'll give thunderous applause for her. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> she just... Uh, note for the audio, those who are listening, uh, she, whenever I talked about giving her thunderous applause, she rolled her eyes super hard. <laughs> she doesn't like, she doesn't like being in front of everybody. No. So this is probably better to be behind a microphone than this is much preferred. <laughs> I prefer not to be on the stage. So, so I, I mean, I talked about it a little bit, but I'd even love to hear you talk about it too, of like why we're wanting to do it through the, the venue of a podcast versus getting up on a Sunday morning, you know, or something like that. Cause we've done financial updates on a Sunday morning or between the services or after the service or something like that before. Um, and we're just kind of in a unique place. So I, I mean, love to hear you just even talk about that just a little bit of like, why, why did we want to do it through the medium of like a podcast, new hope underground? I mean, there's lots of challenges. We've tried to do things in the past, like you said, from during in between services or even yeah. during a service. Um, and it's just hard to, uh, get something together where there's going to be a lot of attendance. Yeah. I do prefer in person because it, there is some dialogue and like people can ask questions. Um, but we will have an avenue for that, I think, too. But so we want to be transparent and yeah. we have three campuses now. So and, that, and I think that, yeah, that's one of the big challenges is because when we've done like financial updates between the service or after the services more recently, and some of this because of our size, uh, I mean, just the vastly different schedules, not many people show up. Right. We do a financial, like, hey, we're going to do this financial update or something between the services. And, you know, you may have 20 or 25 people show up. Or if we do it another time, like after church or of an evening, four people show up. And it's it's discouraging for yeah. that to happen. And it's not because I don't think people care. It's just because people have challenging schedules and they have their families. And uh, I mean, obviously, we're a very next generation focused church. And so we want to be able to honor time with family and, you know, stuff with kids and schedules and stuff. But also at the same time, we do want to be transparent, yes. want to be able to communicate that. And I think something that has kept us from doing that recently is because we're a multi-site church even if we did find the perfect time to do a meeting, that's for perfect time for this campus. Right. That there's still two other, you know, in Newton and Shelbyville, which is 45 minutes away to expect 
all of those people to drive over for a meeting or whatever, or to expect the campus pastors over there right. to disseminate all of that information. Cause I don't even feel always equipped <laughs> uh, to communicate financial stuff because I think one value that we've had here, and I've actually really appreciated this about new hope ever since I've been here is the pastors are, there's a, there's a, I feel like a healthy distance between the pastors and the financial stuff. Yeah. Like, and this is, we've talked about this in our membership class, you know, starting point and stuff like that. I don't see how much people give. Right. I'm not privy to stuff like that. Um, and I don't want to be, none of the pastors want to be. be right. Because historically in the church and the Bible even warns about that, about showing favoritism uh, to people. And historically that has, has been and can be and still is in some context a thing where, people are treated better or their opinions are more valued because they give more money or something like that. And the Bible warns a bit about that. And so we found just us not knowing who gives what or how much or anything like that just feels like it's healthy for us as shepherds so that we don't treat people with favoritism. But because of that, then we don't always know the intricacies. I mean, I, I'm always, Missy, you've always done a good job of keeping me apprised of the big picture of things that are going on, where we're at financially and stuff like that. But some of the like minutia and logistics of some of that, one, I just I don't have the skill set or right. gifting to do that, but you do. And that's the body of Christ is you have gifts that I don't and I have gifts that you don't. And it takes people like us working together for the body of Christ to function well and for, you know, church to grow and thrive. And so anyway, sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I want to give, give people, you know, some people may know who you are. I mean, you've been at New Hope for a very long time, as long as I, longer than I've been at New Hope. We've been on staff for about the same amount right. of time. I think yes. you came on staff just a little bit before I came on. Um, but maybe just tell a little bit about yourself, your, I mean, your, family and and maybe just a little bit about your role too just so people know like what is an operations director what does that role look like sometimes i wonder myself <laughs> it's a it's a shifting shifting target right so um yeah i've been coming to new hope i think for like 19 years i think my oldest is 21 and he was like a year and a half two years old or something like that um, so, and I've been married for 25 years to Chris. Chris works kind of volunteers behind the scenes as well. Um, yeah, he works with him. the production team. He yes. Ma- he works on the Sunday. He makes me sound good on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> he tries. Yes. Um, and he enjoys that. And then, um, I said my oldest 21, um, my middle one, Brayden is 17. He's and a senior. Mo- yeah, he's a senior. We don't talk about that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Then my youngest is uh, 16, and um, Brayden is actually one of the interns. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. he volunteers with the streaming. So whenever Chris is doing sound or production or whatever, then Brayden is back in the back room hiding as well. So, We're so all, like, behind the scenes hiding people. Your, your husband makes me sound good live. And your son makes me sound good online. <laughs> online. <laughs> yeah. And they both enjoy that. They're just kind of they gifted that way. So um, anyway, so that's a little bit about me. And then just my role here, gosh, it has actually evolved over the- Oh, it's the, changed a lot. Yeah. You started yeah. out as kind of an administrative assistant. Right. I started out like 10 hours a week, mm. um, just kind of helping in the office with whatever. Um, and somehow that's grown and here I am. 15 years later, 16 in March, I think. Wow. Um, and 15 for you in... January, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you came on staff just 
almost a year before I did. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's just kind of evolved and grown and, um, I've always been behind the scenes, just helping. That's just kind of how, and even like what you mentioned earlier, as far as like our role, the administrative roles and behind the scenes, we like take care of all that stuff so that you guys can do ministry and the things that you're gifted at. And so I love how all of that works and that we've always been intentional about that too. So, yeah. So part of your role is kind of overseeing building facility yeah. type stuff. I mean, cause there's just a lot, I mean, with us, especially having technically four facilities Correct. because we have our three campuses and then we have the 180 facility, yes. which is, I mean, almost a campus in its own right as well. Yes. And so you, though there are other people managing those facilities more hands-on, um, you're even overseeing them. So you're overseeing the big picture of facility management. Um, but then also the financial aspect, which is most pertinent to what we're talking about today, Correct. is you oversee the big picture of the the budget process and the handling of the finances. And of course, we have other people working with finances and managing yes. some of the specifics and payroll and the, you know that type of thing. Um, but specifically, you oversee uh, the big picture of that. Um, so anyway, like I said, we w- kind of wanted to just give a, a financial update of, of where we're at to talk about the budget for this next year, just so people kind of know where we're at. I'll give a little, uh, maybe to, to get started, I'll give a little recap of what I talked about about a month ago, like in the services of what kind of prompted this. And then I would love to hear you maybe talk about the budget process itself, because some people may just not know what our process for creating and passing like a budget for the whole church is. Sure. And, and I think they might be interested to have the curtain peeled away yeah. so they can kind of know how that works. Uh, so about a month ago or so I had shared with the church, cause I think a trend that we had seen begin to play out was it would have been last spring, like April ish. April. And this was a r- right around the time when inflation and just all the economy started, you know, we just came out of a pandemic where, and we spent our way through, and not to make political comments, but we spent our way through a pandemic. True. And so I don't know why we're surprised that there's inflation now, um, but that affects everything. And everybody's felt that. They've seen it, you know, grocery prices going up, gas prices going up, energy prices go. I mean, there's lots of things connected to that, but we've all felt that in one way or another. And, it, you know, at first we weren't sure if we were going to feel that because sometimes giving can go down because there's an aspect of giving of like if a person's there or not i mean probably close to 80 percent of our giving is through our online platform correct so people are able to set up recurring gifts and so whether they're traveling or not they're able to continue to partner with and support our ministry but there are some that they're giving in person so if they're not there they don't and just traveling and stuff in the summer historically giving has gone down in the summer so when giving started to go down during the summer We weren't that alarmed because that's almost built into the ebb and flow of the year. But then typically it goes back up to what it was in the spring, like in September. And one thing that we noticed is it was not. No, it did not. And we were probably close to 10% below what giving normally would be. Right. And, And it just continued into the fall. And then so then it was around October that it's like, okay, I think this is... This is us feeling the economy mm-hmm. and everybody's feeling this. I mean, just talking to people in the congregation, they were experiencing that of things costing more and them not having as much, uh, you know, that kind of margin of income, discretionary income. Right. 
And so we've all felt that. I felt that even in our house as well. Um, but we were starting to feel it in the church, and it was reflected in giving. And so I, th- you know, I thought I would just share, just so people know. And again, it's not with the agenda of like, just so you'll, people will give more. That's not necessarily the case. But just so people know, hey, we're feeling it, just like you're feeling it. And just to pray for our ministry and for people who are maybe a part of our congregation who have never made a decision to partner with us financially to give that invitation. And that's led by the spirit. Like that's never out of guilt or obligation, but always out of a desire to join in what God is doing through new hopes ministry. And so I kind of put that out there um, just so people kind of uh, knew. And it's cool because we've seen actually people respond where there were multiple people who rose up and said, you know what? I think I am going to start partnering with new hope and support their ministry. And man, what a blessing to see that happen of people step up and say, yeah, I will, I will be generous. And then there was even some, which I had talked about this, uh, this last Sunday was, uh, there were some who thought that they were right. giving on a regular basis. They had set up the online giving or whatever. Cause we changed our online giving platform back at the beginning of 2022 and they realized no gift had gone out this entire year. Right. Something had, whether it was human error or error on the platforms, like we're not sure exactly what it was. And that ultimately doesn't matter. But them realizing we've not given anything the entire year and they fully intended to. It was like budgeted for them to do it. And so them figuring out, okay, how can we get it, you know, reoccurring gifts set up. And I think there was even one couple that wanted to make up what was given for the whole year, which right. we were not expecting no. and would not put that on anyone, but they out of their own desire wanted to do that. But anyway, so, I mean, that's kind of where, I mean, it's still below what was hoped for for this year, but there's still some of the year to come. And anyway, but we just wanted to talk about kind of the financial situation and budget process and things like that, just so people have, or again, in the know, like we want to be transparent about that. So maybe Misty, if you would maybe just talk about the process that we go through to form and create and pass a budget in, at New Hope Church. Yeah. So, and it's a pretty lengthy um, process, but it, it goes really smooth and everybody is a part of that. So every fall we begin, um, a process to determine what that budget's going to be for the next year. We have three big areas of ministry as far as like the budget goes, ministry, operations, and personnel. And the staff and ministry leaders, they are the ones that plan for their ministry, which I think we've always kind of, you know, given them the, you know, authority to speak into their ministry, to their budget, making decisions. And that's a value we've always had is that we, like, responsibility begets authority, meaning like I'm not deciding what the kids ministry are spending in their budget. They're the ones who are doing the ministry. So they should get to make the decisions around what is needed. And I mean, within limits, sometimes there's bigger picture stuff that we need to, that shape the budget. But overall, like we as like senior leaders are not wanting to micromanage Correct. ministries. We want them to be able to make their decisions and make visionary budgets yes. to do you know what they feel like God is calling them to do in the next year. Exactly. So those ministry leaders work with their teams. They plan their budgets, their events, and all of that kind of cover supplies and figure all that out. Then we also have a personnel committee that um, kind of looks at all of the salaries and staff and all of that. They kind of review and approve a budget. Um, operating obviously a lot of those things are fixed costs like utilities and such Um, but we put all of those things together 
And then we also have a budget meeting. So that um, is most of our staff. We also have a volunteer financial advisor that is kind of a part of the personnel committee, the budget committee. Um, that that has a background in finance and yes. business and stuff like that. That's unconnected to the staff. Correct. Um, so they're able to give kind of an outside impartial voice um, to if they see things that concern them or right. something like that, just to kind of keep us in line with. So, I mean, sometimes tax law or, right. you know, th- things, you know, financial laws or re- regulations that we may not know about. Yeah. Um, and I'm very fa- thankful for that. I mean, that's been a huge blessing. So, um, but the budget's reviewed as a whole uh, um, and then approved. And then the budget also moves to the elders and yeah. they review and approve the budget as well. So it is a somewhat lengthy process, but it's very smooth and everybody has a part, which I love that. And I appreciate the multiple voices in that part, that it's not sure. me as the senior pastor, Correct. you know, telling everybody what to spend and I, I get to make these unilateral decisions. It's like, I mean, I have a part in that process, but there are lots of other voices with way more expertise than me speaking into and critiquing and changing and challenging things. And so, yeah, I'm very, very thankful for the personnel committee, for the elders, these people who have backgrounds in finance and business and stuff like that, who can speak into that process in a way, um, just to make sure we're wise in the way that we're using our money. Right. And just even give a a plug to Kim Shamhart. She takes care of like all of that behind the scenes, the details. Yeah. She's super good with the details and coming up with the process for the budget and has kind of refined that every year and it works really well. So yeah, um, she does a great job with that too. That's awesome. And I agree. She (laughs) is a a math wizard. Yes, she is. (laughs) I get easily confused talking to her. (laughs) She loves numbers. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, And before we begin the budget process, we kind of spend some time analyzing numbers, kind of looking at where um, we are with income, where we are with expenses, kind of determine where we might end the year, and then base that on what we think might be a good number for next year, which it's really hard to to determine that. Um, Especially now, and which I mean, we're about to get into like the 2022 budget we've been in versus what we're feel like God is leading us to do for this next year. I mean, most of the time projected giving or projected budget is based on, I mean, almost all things are based on past performance. Right. You know, you see, we see trends when you look at, you know, cause we have years of budget information and we're able to see trends of like each year, the giving tends to go up by this amount. And so Correct. some of the projected budget is based on that amount of increase, but then when you hit a time like this yeah. of a kind of a slump in the economy and a slump in giving, it's hard to know what to predict because we don't, we, one, we don't know how long this is going to last. And uh, we just, there's no prediction for it because it's breaking, breaking the curve or breaking the model of what has been in the last few years. And then, so anyway, so, I mean, there's, there's a bit of, we're making our best guess and then tr- just trusting in faith right? and, and trying to be uh, wise in that of not, stretching ourselves beyond what is realistic. Right. Yeah. That was a challenge this year looking because as you mentioned earlier, our giving did kind of start going down in April and it's been kind of steady the last couple of months maybe. And so we're kind of basing, you know, next year on what we've seen in the last three months. And we're just going to have to go with that and um, hope for the best. But also mid-year, when we started seeing the slump, we asked staff to kind of pull back on spending and expenses. And 
um, they did a really great job of that. And I think that's kind of helped. And so then looking into next year, we kind of had to do the same thing. We had to ask everybody to kind of pull back on spending versus what they had planned for this year, which is really hard and kind of painful when you know how that affects ministry. So, um, but yeah, everybody has kind of felt that and, you know, in our own homes, we've had to cut back and try to figure out how to accommodate the increasing costs. And so, yeah, everybody stepped up and was really good about cutting budgets and things like that. Yeah. So let's, let's, I mean, we're starting to wade into it a little bit. So yeah, let's get into it. Like, let's maybe just talk about how the 2020, 2022 budget has been versus where we see the budget being for next year and like why we set it the way we did. Yeah. Just want to talk through some of that. So, I mean, and it's a really big number and you also have to factor into that we launched a campus. Yeah. And so we added an additional facility staffing operating costs into um, this year's budget for 2022. Yeah. Um, so like our budget for this year was 1 million, uh, 702,000. And so with the decline, we're kind of thinking that we'll probably end the year at 1580000 And these are just kind of rough numbers or whatever. So starting the budget process, we already had to say, okay, this is what you planned for 2022. We need you to take it down about $122,000. Yeah, which... That's a steep number. Yeah, I mean, that's a big cut for sure. And then you also have to factor in there are some areas you cannot cut, like utilities. We have to factor that utilities, we've heard, are going to double and triple. We can't, yeah, we can't heat the building 80%. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or something like that. It's like you either heat it or you don't. Right. So we've had to just kind of reevaluate everything and look um, at what can be cut. Um and it, again, that that represents ministry and people, yeah. so it's really hard. Maybe we should do like rolling brownouts, like they do in California. <laughs> we could, <laughs> where do it's that. like just randomly, you're going to be working in your office, and the power just goes out for two hours and comes back on. Maybe for a day, we do like candlelight or something. That's a good way to get the staff to quit. <laughs> do rolling brownouts for the building. Yeah, we don't want that no, either. No, we don't want that either. <laughs> no, but we have talked about some very creative things, which. And again, I think it's all good too. It helps us to kind of reprioritize and evaluate and kind of think through through creative ways to do ministry. Yeah. So, and just to give you a few examples too, like of, of things that we have trimmed, some of these things you'll notice and some things you won't, but like mints, coffee, we've kind of had to reevaluate. Those are big parts of our budget. Um, other things like new visitor gifts for kids ministry. Um, one that really pains me and affects me because I have teenagers is they've cut like a whole conference or retreat from the youth ministry. And it's really hard when you know the fruit and the effects of, of what that has on, on, on your students and, and your church. And then to know that, but anyway, it has to, you know, there's just, we'll do things that, a different way. So, um, improvements to our kids' classrooms, everybody evaluated, everybody cut. So, um, we were able to kind of have a budget that we think will meet what we bring in, um, even with a a decline in giving. So, and, and I think some of the filter of what we tried to think through and like where to make cuts and where to minimize things, knowing that some of this hopefully is temporary. Right. But I mean, we, I think some of our filter was trying to make cuts where appropriate 
while minimizing in, like the impact on ministry. Correct. Because obviously, man, God has called us to the ministry of the gospel, and so uh, we wanted to try to minimize the impact that any cuts we would make would have on that. Because I know uh, like some of what we felt was, I mean, even like the personnel budget, like for the actual staff of, I mean, minist- like our staff represents so much of the ministry that happens. Right. And it's like, we, we just planted a campus. We did it debt-free too, yes. which is just like, God be praised for that. And it's like, man, everyone has done so well. And so in the midst of this for like us to elect no pay raises, right? like, which we actually reduced the personnel budget a little bit, like in certain areas where hours weren't being used and, and different things like that. Um, but overall, it's like, man, it's not even a cost of living raise yeah. when the cost of living is going up Ex- considerably right. where it feels like a pay cut to them. But we realize, man, our staff, the people who are leading ministries and equipping people for ministry, like that's where the ministry is happening. So trying to minimize the impact on that and hoping that it doesn't come to the point where that's, and it's like, and we have those conversations and have had, have had those conversations. Um, but it's like, all of that's reflected of like, okay, we got to tighten our belts for the season that we're in and trust God that he's going to provide for the future and, and things will, will be fine. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a couple background things that I think sometimes <clears throat> maybe people don't know. We talk about it in our starting point class, but um, for those who maybe haven't gone through it or it's been a long time since they've gone through like a membership class or something like that, they don't know um, just from a financial perspective. One thing that we have, have been doing and continue to do and plan to continue to do is uh, the tithing of our church budget. Right. And some people don't know that we do this, that we actually give like, uh, you know, like 10% of the budget of what we receive, like that we receive from the congregation, 10% of that goes to uh, missions of various kinds, whether that's local organizations that, you know, support and help the vulnerable and needy in our community. Uh, There's a portion of it that goes to global missions because we have certain global uh, missions partners uh, that we support. Um, And then even the, like the launching out of multi-site, uh, like Shelbyville was helped launch partially through that kind of tithe given to missions. Cause we do, we do view that as a mission going to a new place yes. where, uh, you know, where we want to see ministry happen. And so a lot of people don't know that we do that. Um, and so that has, con- you know, that has, that will continue. We're continuing to do that. Um, but even in the time where giving has been down, like that's impacted mission stuff too, unfortunately. That's true. Yes. Um, that, and we've had to have conversations with mission, the missions team and stuff like that of like realizing like we are tightening our belts across. I mean, just because if they're receiving 10% of what we receive, if we receive less, less, that means they, the, the net amount that they're going to receive is less as well. And so we've all been having those conversations and, and praying and trusting God. Um, but we just, you know, want people to know that, yeah. um, that, that, that is still going on and is still part of that they're giving is supporting missions, not only locally here in the community, but missions that we support around the world of people uh, knowing and hearing the gospel. Yeah, I think it's great. We we they're supporting us, our, our local church and everything that we do, and then supporting so much more beyond um, our area and, you know, like the Dorns were here a few weeks ago. Yeah. We support them in Germany. Um, Tim Maxson was here. Yes. He's a missionary we support from Dubai. He was here in August. And then, yeah, Lindsay Dorn, who's in Germany, uh, was here just a couple weeks ago. And so those are cool opportunities just to remind people, like, right. 
your money is more than just going toward here, like in these three campuses or even in the community, which is good, but it's actually having global impact because there's missions teams and uh, ministries around the world that, uh, that we support. Yeah. And even locally, like we support blessings in a backpack and the family life center and all of our communities, Catholic charities, fish places like that, where they're doing a great job of helping the poor and helping the needy. And rather than us recreating the wheel and feeling like we have to have our own food pantry or something like that, there's people in the, in the community who are doing that really well. And so why don't we join them and support them and help them be even more successful than they already are. And so that's kind of what shapes who those local mission partners are. Right. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Anything else that you would want us to know, uh, just about the financial process or where we're at right now that you feel like would be useful for our listeners to know? Um, I mean, I can mention like over the last few years, uh, you kind of talked about this too. Like we've looked at trends and giving and things like that. Well, it's kind of interesting because I think everybody has been super generous. We do have a very generous congregation. We have a very generous community. I mean, all of our communities, I love how when there's a need, everybody kind of pulls together and supports that. Yeah. But anytime that we have had giving over and above what we have needed, we've kind of tucked that away and put into a savings. We've mm. kind of built up a savings account, which I'm super thankful for, especially right now going into the season that we're going into. And there's so many uncertain things. So we actually, I mean, we were able to use our savings, some of our savings to help with Shelbyville and to launch Because it ended up being more than we thought. Sure. Because of the pandemic and because of increased supply costs and stuff like that. It ended up being more than we projected. And man, who could, and everybody I've talked to who have built houses and stuff like that, of saying like, who could have predicted that, that that was going to happen? Like you start building a house, the pandemic hits, the cost of everything goes up and it's like, well, you're halfway through it. Like you can't just stop. I mean, some people had to stop. Um, But yeah, one thing, which not meaning to over-spiritualize this, but just as a, as a pastor and a shepherd, you see the hand of God in situations and, and wanting to name the formation that's occurring during certain things. Like that's just how my mind thinks that I, I look for the hand of God and stuff that's happening. And I feel like that's something I've noticed over the last five to seven years is that God blessed us abundantly. In fact, the, the, scripture passage I felt like the Lord brought to my mind around our situation was almost like Joseph. Yes. Where he, where the Lord told him prophetically, uh, there's going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. Now I'm not saying that God told me there's going to be seven years of plenty right. and seven years of famine, but it's the idea of like God prepared him for what was to come. And he said, you use the excess of the plenty to prepare for the famine to come and I'm seeing God's hand similar in that situation where we had quite a few, several years, five to probably five to seven years of where giving was almost always above what we budgeted. Yes. And so some of that went into savings that helped prepare us for launching the campus to where we were able to do that debt free, but even allowed us to build up a bit of an emergency fund because yes. we've asked those questions like, what if some big thing happened, the building burnt down or there's some huge crisis or, you know, whatever, uh, like, are we prepared for that? Because I feel like the way we handle finances has been shaped similar to Dave Ramsey and bit, similar yes. things like that of like, are 
desire and practice of not being getting out of debt and staying out of debt, but then even having kind of a, a an emergency fund to prepare for times of lean. And I feel like we're in a time of lean. Yes. And because of that, God has provided there's a bit of a savings that when giving has been below what what we need. We've been able to use some of that, but of course we can't live on that forever. No. Like that's why, like with the budget for next year, we've made the changes we've made to tighten our belt and stuff like that. But man, God be praised for providing for us abundantly in the past to prepare for times of lean now. And I feel like formationally it's formed something in us of realizing we can't trust in even emergency funds ultimately. I mean, there's wisdom in that and we practiced it and God showed up through that. But also at the same time, ultimately, man, we trust that God's going to take care of us and provide for us, whether through, you know, abundance or lack. Uh, God is faithful and he is good. And we're going to carry out the ministry that we need to carry out regardless. And so, and I think this time of struggle, I know this sounds weird and hey, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for that. Right. I actually am thankful in some ways for the struggle um, because it makes us depend on God. It does. And that's hard for, you know, it's like, <laughs> I think naturally in our flesh, we don't want to be dependent. We want to be independent. Um, but being dependent on God is the absolute best place to be. And so. And he's been faithful, like through COVID, I just remember, you know, that's a time when we expected giving to go down and we expected you know, finances to not be in the greatest place. And I just remember every week I would wait for the giving like pins and needles waiting and I would look at the number and it was exactly what we needed Mm. every single week. And so then every single week that I would be like anxiously waiting, I'm like, like, why was I so anxious? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why am I doing this? Because God's already shown that he has been faithful in provision for us. Yeah. And so I, right. And I feel like that's the same case right now. And I do think it kind of goes both ways though. We can, it's, we rely on ourselves in times of plenty, you know? Yeah. And I think it is good for us to kind of go back because it, we reevaluate and kind sure. of prioritize. We're still and, called to be responsible and things like that. Yeah. And I think it's good for us. Yeah. You know, I know personally, anytime that we've gone through times of lean or plenty, the lean, there's just so much growth in that. Mm. It's not fun. Um, but it, the, yeah, we've come out and it's just, it's just been a good time of growth and just kind of makes you realize the difference between need and want and definitely to rely on God more and he's faithful every time. So, yeah, no, that's great. Okay. Well, Hey, uh, as we're wrapping up, I guess one thing, maybe final thing that I would say is, uh, you might have those who are listening, you may have questions about specific things about the budget. I will say one thing, that, and we've done this in the past, and I want to do this again, where uh, we will have copies of the budget available at all three of our campuses, like at the Connections Center, Connections Desk, uh, how, you know, however that it, uh, is, is set up at your particular campus. Uh, we'll have copies of that yes. uh, at, at, uh, at each of the campuses for you to be able to see. And if you have questions around the budget, uh, feel free to email either me at Tyler Sturkey uh, at newhopechurch.cc. It was really hard for me to not just say at Darren Hansen 
at newhopechurch.cc. <laughs> I always do that. Anytime I say, if you have questions or complaints, email me at Darren Hansen, like just so Darren has to deal with it. I'm, I'm always joking when I say that. But no, to email me at Tyler Sturkey at newhopechurch.cc or you can email Misty, Misty Kaiser at newhopechurch.cc uh, if you have questions. And depending on how many questions there are, like right. if there's just maybe a couple, um, we'll probably answer them one-on-one or face-to-face set up like, hey, let's connect on a Sunday and we can talk through and answer your question. But if there are a lot of questions or we see like the same question showing up many multiple, you know, many multiple times, uh, we may actually come back and if you're willing, Misty, right. uh, to do like a supplement podcast to this episode where we answer those questions for everybody to hear. Because if a lot of people are asking it, even more are asking it who have not asked it. Right. And so uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, with that said, is any parting words of wisdom before we go, Misty? I don't think so. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I prefer this method much better than the stage. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much all for listening, for praying, uh, for partnering with us in our ministry. Um, so uh, this is New Hope Underground.